Hi, I'm Arna Rostogi, and this is Satvik Srinivas. And together, we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. And with the draft just under a month away, we thought it was best to start reviewing positions. And boy, Satvik, what better position to start with than the wide receiver group? I mean, every year, we we think it can't get better. It can't get deeper than this. And it just does. And I mean, 2022 is just loaded with talent. Yeah, man. And as an Eagles fan, it gets me excited, but we haven't had the best relationship with the wide receiver position in the past. But every time, you know, April, the draft comes around, it's a time of hope. It's a time of optimism. So hopefully this is the year we get the right guy who will make it work. But yeah. Yeah, let's start with the unanimous number one receiver, Garrett Wilson, a six foot 183 junior out of Ohio State. And when I say he is the prototypical number one receiver that you want to see in the NFL draft, I mean, boy, just put on tape and you will fall in love with this dude. Yeah, for real. You know, he is your playmaker, you know, the shake and bake guy. You put the ball in his hands. He's going to turn, you, you, you hear those guys, you know, that are going to turn a two or three yard gain into like a first down or more. That's the type of player we're talking about here. And it's not just, um, you know, that agility with the ball in his hands, but the playmaking nature to get open, a knack for the end zone, and just, I guess, all the boxes you look for in a number one receiver, he checks them all off. He makes the quarterback better. And that, right. that's literally what we look for, right? His ability to come back to the football, right? Be a quarterback-friendly target, right? He takes that slip screen and he goes for like 10 yards. He'll take that bubble screen and he'll take it to the house, right? He has an extremely explosive release, his body control, his ball control, his athleticism, right? This, this is a guy who ran a 4 3 six, 40, right? He has blazing speed, right? So if you're a scout and you're going through the checklist, I don't think there's one box that's left unchecked here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're really looking at, you know, his game, it's it's predominantly in the slot. You know, he's compared to other receivers. Um, I guess in terms of if you're trying to project him into the NFL, how does that, um, you know, compare you – in today's game, you know, you like to move your guys around, have them outside, inside, wherever. But I think personally, I see him operating out of the slot in the league. What do you see? Yeah, I think he's a faster CD lamb. That's the comp that I give him. You know, CD, CD went and ran, I believe, a four, a, a, a low end, a low four, four or a high four, four, somewhere in that range. Right. So we're talking about a guy who's faster than CD lamb. And really has a lot of the traits, right? You talk about ball location, uh, being friendly to the quarterback, his athleticism, right? A lot of similar traits to C.D. Lamb, but now more explosive, more athletic, right? Quicker release, right? I think there's some things that you can't teach and you really can't teach his IQ and athleticism. Uh, I think you look at the Michigan game, right? I think it just shows it all, right? Um, CJ Stroud is rolling out of the pocket. He has two guys on top of him. He just throws it up, right? Amazing back shoulder, go up and get it type play, right? 
And where did he start out? He started in the slot. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be running a fade, right? He worked to the end zone, worked with the quarterback, right? Went up, got it. And just the control to be able to reach out and score a touchdown. I think it perfectly encapsulates what he's capable of in the league. You know, in terms of uh, draft stock, uh, the Jets at number four are very interesting because they're really looking to pair a number one dude with Zach Wilson. Do you think, I guess this other Wilson, uh, that Wilson to Wilson connection, do you think it's worth pairing and worth spending the number four overall pick in the draft on a receiver? Right. I definitely think it's worth it, but I don't know if that's what we could expect on draft night. I think especially adding the depth of this wide receiver class, Maybe if you're the Jets, you think to yourself, we can get another guy later in the draft. Maybe you trade back into the first round, whatever it might be. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to spending a number four overall pick on a guy um, like Garrett Wilson, but I personally don't see it happening. Uh, let's move on to Wilson's teammate at Ohio State, Chris Olave, six foot, 187, senior, and He's the most polished guy, right? Been there for four years at Ohio State, and he knows what he's doing when he's on the football field. Right. You know, when you're talking about a deep threat in college football, that's Chris Olave. That's that's who he is. That's what he brings to the table. And you know, whenever I think Chris Olave, I think back. I think I don't want to. I don't want to. I might be wrong, but I think it was a Sugar Bowl, Clemson, Ohio State, a couple of years ago. This is back when. I think Justin Fields was still the quarterback. And that, that was the first game when I, I went at Chris Olave and I just knew he was different after I watched that football game. And to me, I think the ceiling might be even higher than what Garrett Wilson might have day one going into the NFL just because of the route running ability that Chris Olave brings in his game. And I think something that, that can translate, right, day one in the NFL – if you can get open, you're going to get the ball. That's like period playing wide receiver. And I think Chris Olave is just one of those guys. He's going to get open. He's going to find the ball. And more importantly, Chris Olave to me is it's one of those guys. It's a very, it's, it's a very rare um, thing where you, you, you think he's covered when you have that too high safety shell, you know, for like half a second, he looks covered and then you blink and he's wide open. And I, yeah. you, Guys can't do that, man, but Chris Olave yeah, can. I mean, I mean, I'll I'll tell you personally, you know, against uh my Spartans, right? We played too high safety and we had a corner pressed on him. He separated from that corner and just glided through the safeties. CJ Stroud lays it out, it's a 60 yard touchdown. Right. There's some things you can't teach, and you can't teach that deep ball tracking, that deep ball route running the ability to just glide through the defense, right? He has these traits that will translate to the NFL. And you know why he gets open a lot of these times? It's his IQ. He's been there for four years. He's a four-year starter. He understands defense. He's, he understands where you sit on the zone, when to come back on those hitch routes. On the deep ball, he understands where safeties are going, right? His IQ is the highest of any receiver in this draft. He understands the game of football so well. And when you pair that with his deadly, deadly speed and ability to create separation from cornerbacks and safeties, 
man, whoever drafts him has a real good receiver coming to them. Absolutely. And I think one more thing that doesn't even get talked about a lot when we're talking Chris Olave, Chris Olave, because we're always talking about the deep ball, you know, his tracking ability. And um, I have another question I want to pose to you, but his body control and just when you think toe tap, man, some of those yeah. toe taps this man has, like, it's not, there, there's nothing comparable to it in yeah. the, this class. But the question I wanted to ask you, you know, because I'm trying to find a comp for this guy in the league currently. Um, I don't know the exact guy that comes to mind, but if we're talking Olave at his best, it gives me a lot of Deshaun Jackson vibes. What do you, what Deshaun do you feel? Jackson? I mean, I was going to go to a player in the similar type of build. I was going to say Tyler Lockett as my okay. comparison. Okay. Um, here, here's where I think how Chris Olave is going to transition. I don't think he's a wide receiver one in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be that go-to guy where you go to him every play. He's not a Garrett Wilson type dude, but he is the best complimentary wide receiver too that you're going to get in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He is the best of the best, right? When you talk about how quarterback friendly he is, his deep ball ability, his, his the ability to get to the second level and that speed is unmatched, right? So, you know, Deshaun Jackson was never that wide receiver number one, but he was that wide receiver two deep threat that just got the ball and took off, right? right. Who provided that spark 50, 60 yard play, right? And I see things like that from Tyler Lockett. Um, if Will Fuller panned out a few years ago, I think that's another comp that I would give, but generally in the same type of player build, same type of player attribute, same type of player role that we're going for here. All right, moving past these two Ohio State guys and out to the shores of Southern California, Drake London, Mm. six foot five, 220 junior out of USC. He's the biggest guy in the class, and man, is that some type of size for the NFL. When you talk about boxing out in the end zone and the touchdown monster that he can become, it's unreal. Right. It, it says it right here, man, in my notes. Catches literally everything. That's a true statement. You cannot, You can't deny that. There, there's just no way around it. And I don't think it's just that his ability to catch the football, but it's that it's, it's almost like he's a basketball player, you know, going up for that. He rebound. was a basketball player. He played AAU for his entire life. Right. And it shows when he goes up for a football, man, it's like he's going up for that rebound, high point in the ball, yeah. huge radius. And it, it, he, some guys just get big, you know, when they're going up the ball, he, he just gets big. He is big, but he also gets yeah. big. Yes. He, he has what I like to call strong hands. Like right. he grabs that ball and he is not letting go and he can grab right. it in traffic around defenders anywhere, anytime, any play you want. Right. I, I think another thing is like, I guess if you're playing something like baseball or something like, and you know, you're trying to catch the ball as it coming, coming to you. This is, I'm not a baseball guy. This might be a bad example. Fly but, ball, fly ball. Out and, right. Out and right. You kind of, you kind of let that ball come to you, right? but that's one thing. Yeah. But, but in football, you have to be aggressive, go get that ball. Yeah. And, it, and if you're trying to teach a young receiver, like you put on this tape, this man, um, you, you put on Drake London and you show, you show him how he goes for that ball. He, he doesn't wait for the ball to come to him. Yeah. Uh, 
my one concern with him would be speed. Like I understand he's a great big possession guy. He can work on the outside and in the inside. You can put him anywhere across the field. But his lack of speed is a bit of a concern to me, right? He He's never going to get to that second level. He's never uh, going to, you know, take a 60-yard touchdown uh, like on a go route, right? He catches everything, but the ability to get to the second level and accelerate is a bit of an issue to me. What about you? Right. Uh, you're not wrong, but here's what I would say, right? If you're a team drafting Drake London, you need to understand he's not – He's not Jameson Williams, okay? He's not going to run a 4-2-5. He's not, he's not going to blow past the defense, but he's going to go up there, catch everything you throw at him. And if it's third and 12 and you need somebody to catch the football, he's going to catch the football. Right. Um, he did fracture his right ankle week eight, week eight against Arizona. So that will be something to keep an eye on as this pro day uh, comes up to see uh, his health. And I think that that might be a big factor in determining the pecking order of wide receivers and where they uh, fall in this draft. Uh, But I mean, when you look at some of the stat lines that he produced before his injury, 12 catches against San Jose state, 15 against Notre Dame, 16 against Utah. I mean, he is all reliable and he really showed some of his skill set in some of these games, right? Uh, He lined up as an outside receiver, uh, He ran comebacks, goes, outs, and he caught every ball that Keldon Slavis threw at him, every single ball. And another thing that stood out to me was his body control, right? You know, for a guy that big, he can take a five-yard out, make a move, and turn it into an eight- and nine-yard play. You know, he's not going to go and make it like a 30-yard play, right? But his ability to avoid defenders on the first level is very impressive to me, especially when you look at a big possession like receiver who's going to work the sticks. Right. What team do you think he fits into? If you're looking what at the draft team? team. Man. I would say the Eagles. Okay, I like that the a lot. Eagles. Um, I think you, you bring this up a lot uh, ever since Alshon Jeffrey left. You right. lacked the size in the wide receiver room. And I think Drake London at 15 makes a lot of sense. If I'm the Eagles, pair him up with Devontae Smith and just have that end zone target, right? My comparison was Mike Evans. And you look at where Tampa, how Tampa Bay uses him. I think a lot of fantasy guys complain about this uh, because Mike Evans is really touchdown dependent, but Tampa Bay is using him in the perfectly, Tampa Bay is using him perfectly, right? He's a big receiver strong hands gets to the ball and they just use him in the end zone. He boxes out. And I think Drake London can serve a similar role in the NFL. He doesn't have to be that 60 yard burner, but he can just chip away at you and chip away at a defense. So I think that combination in Philadelphia could be deadly, but then again, if a team likes him ahead of Philadelphia, you know, the Texans, heck even Washington, I don't know. He could go earlier. Yeah, no, I like that a lot, Drake London for the Eagles. And I think it's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was kind of drafted to be that guy, you know, big body receiver, make that, make the grab in the end zone, but it has not Unfortunately, unfortunately he could not catch. Okay, that's a, it is unfortunate, but that's neither here nor there. But I like that, Drake London to the Eagles. I'll keep my eye on that. 
All right. And, you know, I guess let's go to the polar opposite here. Uh, Jamison Williams out of Alabama, 6'2", 180 junior. Um, and while Drake London may be a possession receiver, Jamison's a pure speed demon. Right. Jameson Williams is the guy where if you're like, yo, I don't know what to do, but we just need somebody to go make a play for us. You just put the ball <laughs> in his hands and just let him do his thing. <laughs> like, it, it's it's almost like it's like a Tyree kill, man. You just if you don't he know is, what to that, do, that that's the comp that I gave. He's a yeah. taller Tyree kill. Yeah, you can't teach that speed. You can't. You can't. You can't. And the only concern here, you know, coming off this ACL, when when a guy is, that's that's his thing, right? Speed kills. That's his thing. So it it is concerning to see him go down with an ACL, but you gotta hope for the best. But just like hands down the most lethal player of these wide receivers yeah james james williams oh no walk go and watch the sec championship game against the number one ranked defense from georgia right georgia did nothing wrong that game they played two deep zone they double coverage they double covered him uh at one point they had both corners in a deep three and a safety on Jamison Williams. And he blew by them all. He blew by them all. Right. You just can't keep up with him. That speed is, can be a deciding factor in a game. And Alabama's offense that game won because of Jamison Williams and his ability to just blow by guys. So if you want to see his upside, you want to see what he could be potentially in the NFL – SEC championship game, seven catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. That's Jameson Williams right there. Right. And just like to put this in perspective, right, and I was watching a YouTuber, JEM Live. I'll give him credit for this. But he he referred to um, Jameson Williams' speed as electric car speed. And that's exactly what it is. It's that zero to 60 in like 2.3 seconds. Like – Tyreek Hill is like the only other guy that you can think of. You're thinking that Buffalo Bill, you know, Michael Hardman, game. right? Michael Hardman. Okay, okay. also got that speed. That's good. Okay, Michael does. Michael does. Michael does. But like the zero to sixty, man. The zero to sixty. It's just different. It's different. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, and moving on to a dude who's a combination of of sorts of Jameson Williams and Drake London, uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, six two. Uh, 225 and he has the best combination of size and speed in this draft i mean there's some attributes of Traylon burks where it's like man i would hate to go up against him if i was a defense no absolutely and dude watching this man against ole miss like i felt bad for that corner dude that's the exact game <laughs> that i watched and i was like Oh my God. He, he, you remember that play on the sideline? He just called for the ball, went up around the corner, caught the ball, and still had room to lunge into the end zone. Right. And this is like back to back, left, down the left sideline. It's almost like you hit rewind and watch the same play again, but it's just, it's just a mismatch. You, there's nothing you can do. He is a and, mismatch on the field. And the thing that's even more mind-blowing for me is you think, you know, okay, maybe he's just this big dude. He just goes up, makes his catches. No, they, they're they throwing screens to him. He occasionally runs the jet sweep at, like, yeah. 
what what is he at his weight like 235 someone crazy like that 225 225 225 he's 225 pounds 63 like burling down the field on a jet yeah. sweep like i mean i mean for comparison right drake london is only like two inches taller and drake london is five pounds lighter right so to think that Traylon Burks is doing it at this size is just crazy right and i think that's one of those guys where like like he's a four or five five guy right that's not that's not gonna blow your blow you away but with the ball in his hands he's hard to stop like he's just hard to stop no that's in my notes i i thought he was faster on the field than he showed at the combine right i thought he definitely looked faster on the field um but i mean my god his ability to battle corners 50 50 ball on the outside you can line him up in the slot against smaller corners he can just run a quick slant and he's going to get it, right? right? He has enormous hands. I think he had the biggest hands out of any wide receiver, right? And that's a plus for ball control, ball location, right? And when I say whatever team gets him is going to be running the ball wherever he's lined up because his value as a run blocker at his size is incredible, Right. He, I mean, against Ole Miss and, and this uh, was against Alabama, too. I mean, he was just throwing corners around. He was just right. he got up in their pads and pushed them down the field. Right. So whatever team gets him, best believe they're running to whatever side Traylon Burks is lined up. Right. And it's great that you brought up the run blocking point. I think the only other guy that we've discussed so far that is a willing, you know, capable blocker would be. Drake London, you know, at his size, 6'5". But some of these other guys, um, you know, they are smaller dudes in the slot. I'll bring up Chris Olave. That's probably one of his, like, bigger weak points, that he's not a great run blocker. That could be a liability if you're an yeah. offense. But like, like, you don't foresee Jamison Williams to go up and, like, right. block Jalen Ramsey right, and, like, right. push him down the field. But, like, Traylon Burks could do that. Right. But again, in, in today's league, like, I don't know how much of a problem that is because you're just going to run this guy off on a on a clear, just like, just corners you go with him. But I'm but just it's thinking. Valuable. It's right. valuable. You look yeah. at, I, I would say my comp is A.J. Brown. And you look at what Tennessee does mm, and yeah. how they value their receivers. And it's a lot of big receivers that can block cornerbacks and are great run blockers, right? And right. A.J. Brown is that guy. He's extremely tall, extremely physical. And he's able to do the dirty work, right? right. And I think that's 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 what I foresee Traylon Burks's upside. It's it's purely AJ Brown size, speed, strength. It's right there with the best receivers in the league. Wow! Now that she said that, I like like, like that. Uh, I know they have they have Robert Woods, but like, imagine if AJ Brown and this dude were on the same team. That'd be unfair. That'd be unfair. Ooh. That would be unfair. And and Tennessee is one of these teams that's looking for a receiver uh, right. down at twenty six. Uh, because they let Julio Jones go. So right, right. Keep your keep your right eye there. on that. Yep. You know some other names to watch that we were watching. Uh, some Big Ten receivers here: Jahan Dotson out of uh, Penn State and David Bell out of Purdue. Uh, what do you see out of these guys? You know they they might go late round, even into the second round, but they're definitely capable receivers outside of our, our top five. Right. I personally like Jahan Dotson a lot. Like he's for me, he's a fringe like top five, top six guy in this class. And to me, also he's a little bit 
Alave-ish. I'm not saying he's Alave, right? He's not Alave. But I see a lot of the same characteristics. He's just a playmaker. Great catch radius. And you just, like, you turn the tape on, right? There, There's nothing you can point to and be like, oh, yeah, this is the reason why he's not a top receiver in the class. He's up there with all these guys in terms of his route running, the ability to catch the football. And just, if you're a great receiver, I, I keep coming back to that point. You've just got to have a knack for getting open. And for me, Jahan Dotson has that. But I would say his size is a concern, especially on the route running end. If he's getting pressed, he's going to get pushed around, right? He's 5'10", 178. It's, it's just, it's a concern to me, right? And understandably, he has one of the best hands in the draft, right? You look at the game against Illinois. I mean, he made some ridiculous catches. But in the NFL, he's going to get pushed around by bigger physical corners. And that's my one concern right? You know, getting up and getting a 50, 50 ball that might work in college, but you can't sell that as your only skill set in the NFL. So in terms of route running and getting physical at the second level, it might be a bit of an issue for Jahan Dotson, but as harsh of criticism, I am giving him, he is an extremely capable receiver. When you look at his deep threat ability and speed, his ability to just stop on a dime and break out of routes, you that's that's pure skill set right there and you know where i think i think a lot of the things that chris olave sort of lacks in terms of route running i think jahan dotson excels in right chris olave is sort of a deep threat type of guy who's like slow off of breaks versus jahan dotson who's quick out of the release quick out of breaks and really is going to get that 10 yard out or that 20 yard crosser so i think definitely a capable receiver but size is an issue. Right. Yeah, I don't know about, like, with the Lave, the route running. I think the other thing is also Lave is just a bigger dude. He has longer strides. You know, he's able to get down the field faster. But if you're a team that's drafting Jahan Dotson, I don't know, maybe he's a day two guy, maybe late first round. I don't, I don't know where you pick him up. But you got to have the understanding in a lot in the same way as in the Eagles draft Devontae Smith, right? He's not going to muscle anyone off the ball he's not going to be that guy he's he's slippery he's going to get open but you just got to understand what type of player he is and put him in a position to succeed yeah uh, another dude that's not getting much love but really has burner type speed and it has the potential to be a great slot receiver in the league uh john mackie the third out of yeah. alabama and he sort of gets buried beneath jameson williams uh and some of the other five-star receivers that alabama draws in regularly but Mackie the third is no joke. No, not at all. And I think his ACL really hurt him. Just his draft stock, you know, guys aren't talking too much about this guy. But if you watch the tape, he's just as electric as these other Alabama receivers. Really, really any receiver at Alabama, you, you put the ball in their hands, they're going to do special things. And I guess one thing that stood out to me just in the little tape that I have watched with Metke he kind of has a nose for the end zone. And I kind of literally mean that. Like a lot of these plays, I see him diving into that end zone, you know, that full extension. Um, what do you see particularly in his game? I think it's just the speed, right? And I'll, I'll go Deontay Harris uh, from New Orleans Saints, right? We really love to work him in the slot and just run him down the field, whether it's a little fade route 
that turns into a goal route down the field, or we just have him stop on a dime uh, on a 10 yard uh, uh, out or no, not a 10 yard out, a 10 yard comeback. Uh, so I think Mecky can definitely serve a similar role. You know, he's not going to out physical you on the outside, right? But he'll burn you down the field for sure. Right. Um, and once again, if he gets into a good situation with a good scheme and gets the opportunity, I promise you he will show up. Another guy I just want to bring, keep, you should keep your eye on if he falls uh, day two or late day one would be George Pickens out of Georgia. And this was going to be a, a first round pick before he did get banged up a couple of times uh, earlier in the season and last year. But I mean, at 6'3", 200, you can do a lot of things. You can do a lot of things. Uh, and he can out physical corners in terms of run blocking. There's this one video of him just throwing a Michigan corner 10 yards and looks and just staring down the sideline, which I thought was, it was funny, but like, it's incredible that you're able to do that. Um, and I think he just showed his skill set uh, in the national championship game, uh, had an incredible fingertip catch. His ball location for his size and his speed is pretty excellent. So another guy with, really the wide receiver frame and build to be a number one receiver he's no Garrett Wilson he's no Drake London but I think there's some attributes that you can't teach and once again like Mekti uh in the right situation with the right scheme and the right coach I think he will excel I bet that video was extra entertaining for you as a uh, Spartan fan (laughs) (laughs) oh you know I was enjoying that all right should I close it up or all right Anyways, with that being said, thank you for listening to the 76th episode of the Backfield Rift. Be sure to tune in for our next episode where we will break down the 2022 Edge Rusher class. Until then, it's been Sabah Trinavas and Arnav Rostogi. Stay safe and take care.